today on the TMZ Podcast. Welcome to the TMZ Podcast. Harvey Levin here. Charlie Knapp here. Jason Beckerman. Derek here. So we have more information on Bob Saget's death. And, you know, there. this has just devastated his family, his friends, his fans. There is at least one kind of measure of, you know, thank God that he apparently did not suffer. Um, we are getting information, you know, from people connected to all of this, that um, it looks like he may well have died in his sleep. And the reason we say it is because here's what we know. Um, we are told that the way it was put to us, he was tucked in bed when he was discovered. So he was clearly sleeping. He arrived at the hotel at 2.17 in the morning and the lights were still off at four in the afternoon. What we're told happened was his wife started calling because he had a plane flight later that day and he wasn't answering his phone. And that's when she became concerned enough to call the hotel. Security came in, they found him. So it looks like he was sleeping when this happened. And on top of that, with his hand on his heart, it this you know, the operating theory here, and again, they won't know for 10 to 12 weeks until the toxicology report comes in, but they think this was probably a heart attack. Yeah, I thought the position that he was laying in, you know, with the, I don't think anyone regularly sleeps with their hand on over their chest. I mean, we like, have correct. no idea. Yeah, Some they people sleep like one, this if you're, you know. No one sleeps like with hands Dracula. crossed on your chest. It's, it, it, it's maybe an, a mummy. It's, an, it's a theory they've got, but it's, you know, the theory is that he had some kind of a sudden event. He was laying in bed. Um, the lights were off, so it wasn't as if right. he had an emergency where he got out of bed and tried to get some help. He was in bed. This is consistent with everything that we've seen so far, and hopefully it's the case because it sounds, you know, it gives a little solace to the to the family, as you were making the point. You know, he was, from the beginning, the, the uh, authorities had said that from all indications, there was no foul play involved. There was no sign of struggle, anything no like drugs. that. No drugs. No drugs involved. He was uh, lying, you know, was peacefully uh, on his back, lights out, in bed. When they found him the next day, his wife had not been able to reach him since she spoke with him uh, very early that morning. And by the way, his wife had spoken with him before he went to sleep, we're right. told. Um, he had tweeted um, that he was so excited about having done the show, and he had called his wife, we're told. One of, one of the interesting open questions to me, though, is that that podcast, uh, I think it was a week earlier, where he was online and you hear that he is struggling with COVID a little bit. He sounds a little under the weather. The podcasters yeah. note it. He is a man who was 65 years old. He was out on tour. This was in Jacksonville. Uh, and then it was a two-hour drive back to Orlando, uh, those, those those areas. He gets back at 217. You know, it'll be interesting to hear what the report says, because if he's in a sort of generally weakened state, yes, you can have a cardiac event, but what other factors played a role in this? I mean, he was we, too we, young to just sort of... We're not... Well, that's I mean, not true. I mean, but also we, 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 we had a, a, my business partner for TMZ died at 56 um, riding a bicycle and he was in well, good health. There's the, the Widowmaker, right? There, there's a part of the heart that gives way that's right. at, at about that age called the Widowmaker yeah. because you know, for that very reason. So. I, I do want to say one thing just, you know, and we have no idea, um, you know, other than what we're being told. And it may well be what they're thinking, which is a heart attack. But I do want to say one thing, and, and, and I don't want to kind of get over my skis on this thing, but whenever I hear stories like this, it reminds me of something that, you know, when you go to a doctor to get a physical, um, they put you on a treadmill. Mm. These treadmill tests are not what they're cracked up to be. And there is, 
you, you know, there. I, I don't remember the percentage, but a, I, it's something like 70% of the people who have heart attacks who had a treadmill test showed no evidence of heart problems or distress when they took the test. It's just not a really effective way of doing it. There is a test, and I heard about this a couple of years ago, and I actually took it. The calcium scan. Yeah, it's a calcium scan where they can see blockage in every artery. It's a very detailed um, is some, something that to me should be standard with a lot of physicals. And if it's not covered by insurance, it should be. Or even like a CT scan. Like why aren't those required to do every year to make sure there's no issues with your brain or no like possible blood clots? I know they put some kind of dye into your, uh, into your body where it goes through all your veins and it lights up the areas that are having issues yet. We just kind of wait to yeah. see what happens. Well, I, I, we know why these aren't done, right? It's, it's expensive. very expensive. Very intensive and expensive. But, right, you know, right, the, right. look, I mean, I don't want to go get too far into it because we have a lot to talk about. I just, my only point is that, yeah, it may be expensive. What's more expensive is a bypass operation when you don't know. Without question. And, you know, I just, it, it just opened my eyes. But anyway, just, we thought we'd just put this out there just because it, it does seem to have a measure of solace. Um, over a really tragic death. Yeah. Okay, Jamie Lynn Spears was on Good Morning America today talking about her book, hawking her book, and it is it was puzzling to me because... Was it? Oh, it was so oh. puzzling to me because she starts out by saying when, you know, they, when she was asked, what did you think when Britney was put under the conservatorship? She said, I didn't think anything because I was 17 years old having a baby. And then they, and then Juju Chang asked her, well, what about later? She said, I never really understood the conservatorship. When it was put into place, I was 17 year old. I was about to have a baby. So I didn't understand what was happening, nor was I focused on that. I was focused on the fact that I was a 17 year old about to have a baby. I understand just as little about it then as I do now. There was no like me overseeing funds or something like that. And if that was, it was a misunderstanding, but Either way, I took no steps to be a part of it. That love is still there, 100%. Um, I love, I've only ever loved and supported her and done what's right by her, and she knows that. So I don't know why we're in this position right now. But there was, it was 13 years. Mm. <laughs> I mean, maybe when she was having the baby, but- I'm not the least bit surprised that she yeah, was completely out of sight, out of mind with this entire thing. She but, has her whole family going on But then she says she was involved in the conservatorship because Brittany came to her and said, take care of my boys. Yep. And she said- And that also I she actually, gave her legal advice, put her in touch with people to help uh, possibly get her out of the conservatorship. So she kind of was involved and she kind of wasn't involved and she kind of knew what was going on, but kind of didn't know what was going on. It's kind of all over the place. But I had a tremendous amount of sympathy for for Jamie Lynn. I think what Brittany is doing in laying blame at her si her younger sister's feet when she was 17 when the conservatorship started, and given the facts we know about Jamie's level of control that he exerted over the conservatorship, how dare you go after your sibling? I, I my, When I hear her, I sort of hear... You know, I think of myself as a sibling. Would I have been in, in any capacity to help my sister if she were in a conservatorship? Well, it's really, really difficult to take on that family dynamic uh, against Jamie. Agreed, father. agreed. It is unfair when she's 17, pregnant. Uh, forget about pregnant. She's 17. You're not going to step up to your family and sort of question things. But she's now, what, 30-ish, 
And at no, Brittany is continuing to say at no point did any, was anybody in my corner. My entire family abandoned me, including my younger sister. And I don't think that Jamie Lynn really, during this interview, had a really good explanation for why at no point did she side with her sister publicly or potentially. Oh, but in her book, we've heard how domineering Jamie was, right? That Jamie put her in fear over that whole pregnancy and tried to pressure an abortion, according to Jamie Lynn. So this is a guy who struck fear into his daughters, according to both of their accounts. I I, I think it's a little unfair. I thought it was interesting that she spoke on the relationship between her and her sister now because we know that Brittany and Jamie Lynn have like a huge rift between them. Brittany publicly unfollowed Jamie Lynn on social media. And then Brittany had uh, spoken out against Jamie Lynn saying that she was upset that Jamie got to do all these like a tribute to her on stage. And Brittany never got that opportunity. And Jamie Lynn basically said she had no idea that Brittany had any issues with that. But they had spoken about that. And Jamie felt like she got her side out there. And that Brittany understood that it wasn't in Jamie Lynn's control, but still didn't make sense as to like what their relationship is like now. I guess, you know, one of the things to me, too, is timing here that, you know, she and she says, look, she's I love my sister. I'll always love my sister. And she said, I didn't profit off my sister. She says something really weird, which is I didn't profit off my, off my sister. But if there was a misunderstanding, I'm what does that mean? If there was a misunderstanding, I'm sorry. I think she's saying that. It was a misunderstanding that Britney felt that Jamie Lynn was profiting. But how that. was that a misunderstanding? Well, I think that it, 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 from my perspective, Jamie Lynn thinks that Britney is completely off topic or uh, misunderstanding everything that, that Jamie Lynn's involvement was in this entire thing. She didn't know. She didn't profit. She was just along for the ride. She felt domineered by her by her father and therefore really has no blame. And if Britney feels differently, it's just a misunderstanding. Yeah, I think Britney is grafting these motives onto Jamie Lynn. And Jamie Lynn's saying, look, as your sister, you're one of the most famous people in the world. Uh, I inherently am going to uh, sort of gain from that. Her, her, her level of fame is directly tethered to Britney Spears through no connection her trying to sort of latch on to well, Britney's coattails. Here, here's so when she's saying you profit no, from no, it, no, you're no, trying no, to. But here's the trying part. The timing of the book. Yes, of course. That's the most difficult fact for Jamie. I it's mean, a, it's a bad fact. It's a bad fact for Jamie. Yeah, it's a bad and, fact. and a bad there fact. was like a rumor that the book originally was supposed to be called I Must Confess, which is a lyric from the Baby One More Time Another big song. problem for Jamie. <laughs> but Charlie, Char- don't you think it's unfair of Britney to go after Jamie Lynn for that? We, we, yeah, definitely. We, we, we use the tools at our disposal in order to be successful in this world. And the greatest tool that Jamie Lynn has is some reference to her sister. The book did not... Uh, undermine Britney's efforts to get out from under the conservatorship in any way. It simply was an effort by Jamie Lynn to exploit whatever level of fame she had to make a living. I, but I think it's also, Jamie Lynn should have taken on the responsibility of finding out what the conservatorship is about, being a little bit more involved and caring a little bit more rather than just being like, oh, I'm in the dark, don't know about it, right. sorry. Yeah. Another problem for Jamie Lynn is there's well, another no, wait, sibling, wait, 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 wait a minute. If... <laughs> I, I think it's unfair to say that, that that Jamie Lynn should have understood. But you can't that, take the good and well, not take the well, bad. Well, no, no, no. I, That's I the facts of life. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I don't think Jamie Lynn <laughs> could have possibly understood the machinations with Lou Taylor and no, no, Robin no, no. Greenhill. Right. Well, but, right. But, so but, doesn't but, that give on. you sympathy for but, her? But that is a core of one of the problems of the conservatorship. And you can't expect, you know, this kid to know about those machinations. We don't know. Look, we don't. But it's been we don't 13 know the, years. Yeah, I get during when she was 17 years old and pregnant with a kid and having, you know, issues with the baby daddy and getting married and like having other kids. Like I get, you know, life happens. But during that 13 years, at least 
try to figure out what's going on and speak with your sister. And I get that she said, like, yeah, I try to put her in touch with people to, like, help her. I'm but not she sure should what have else, been a little bit sure. more Yeah, what involved. else can I'm she do? Sure She's what, the baby sister. She can't go into court. I mean, right. as a matter of fact, I believe Lynn tried to go into court at one point, and they said, no, you have no standing. Yes. Right. Um, by the way, Brittany posted last night um, what she is suggesting is going to be her own memoir uh, by posting a picture of a typewriter and basically saying two can play this game. What do you think the odds are, Derek, that she's going to type it out <laughs> longhand on a typewriter? <laughs> Get out her old Remington. Smith, Corona. There's something very Maybe Sam satisfying sits there about she the dictates. typing. Uh, oh, no, I made an error. I'm going to get the white out. Okay. God, I'd love to read that book. So we are going to move on. I am fascinated by uh, Novak Djokovic. Yeah, lots is happening. Um, which, by the way, I got to hand it to the New York Post. Brilliant headline, yeah. Novak's Djokovic. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty great. Uh, so now it has come out that at least in one event that he showed up at, posed for, and even interacted with somebody without a mask and without social distancing, he knew he was COVID positive. At least one event. Yeah. And, and potentially the second is even more troubling. So here's the deal. So he got COVID, we know. Um, he thinks he got it at a December 16th event. Um, he took a PCR test on December 16th. Um, he says on the 16th of this event, he didn't know he was positive. I think everybody kind of believes that. On the 17th, he had an event for children where he handed out a bunch of awards, interacted with the kids, wasn't wearing a mask. He says... Apparently, he was positive then because this PCR test ended yes. up showing positive, but he said he had not gotten the results back. Right. So so he takes the test on December 16th at 1 p.m. At 8 p.m., according to Ser the Serbian authorities, the results were issued positive at 8 p.m. on the 16th. The next day on the 17th, he attends an event, a children's award ceremony, where he's interacting with kids and handing them trophies and shaking hands and taking photos. He says throughout that entire day, he had no idea he was positive. Remember, the authorities say that the positive results were issued at 8 o'clock the previous day, 8 p.m. the previous day. A lot of people claiming that that doesn't make a lot of sense. On the 18th, now no, he even acknowledges he, acknowledges he was positive. He, he knew he was positive. He attends another photo shoot for a magazine where he's, he does say he was fully masked and the ba magazine backs him up, except during elements of the photo shoot where they were actually taking pictures of him, at which point he took, was unmasked. And we don't have any evidence that he was close with any in close well no no we were told any. he took a picture with somebody i think it was the um we were the, told that the yeah. I, I think but took, was he masked in that in that he, photo where he got it he said he was somebody? not masked in photos but it, if it was a, a fan photo we let me ask not a fan know. i think it was more the photographer that's that's what they had said let me I ask see. a question though it, on the incident with the children is even more concerning to me yeah. because if you have had an exposure and you're in the middle of testing to determine whether you have a positive well, test, he, I don't know do that you go it. even if you, no, 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 but even if you don't know no, the results, I don't know that he getting, knew there was an exposure. Well, no, no, he did. No, he, he did said know he there was attended, an exposure. The reason he got PCR tested on the 17th is because he had attended no, a basketball no, game. Yes. On the, no, uh, no, no. He got tested on the 16th. Sorry. The reason he got tested on the 16th is because he had attended a basketball game and knew that there was a COVID exposure or an outbreak at that basketball game. So, and with therefore that he took he he was PCR tested. So even with that knowledge, even if you hard to believe, but if you accept the fact he didn't know throughout the 17th that he had tested positive, he still knew he had been exposed potentially. Right. He just was awaiting results from a known exposure. So that's what troubles me about going to a children's event. I mean, it this was, is a this it, is a troubling it thing. It was something at look, I, I'm not 
I just want to give all the facts. It was a long planned event at his tennis academy in Belgrade where kids were lining up to get an award. It's very hard to walk away from that. I get it. He should have, but to disappoint well, these kids and, and everything and, else. And, and, okay. And, and let's give you that. But <laughs> if he knew he was positive yeah. and, he had, and then he was at the kids event, that's the deal breaker. It's but why do we stuff. think he knew? Just because he got the results and we're assuming that he saw what, that email? Because the PCR were emailed the day before. If you, yeah, but if are you been checking ex- your email? If no, you've no, been he's, exposed, got, he's got a team of people. If you've who, been exposed to COVID, you want to know whether you have COVID. And if the test results come out on a certain day, I, I mean, I'm just giving personal experience. When the test results come out, you are waiting for those results. You want to know. And, and 8 p.m. is not 1 a.m. Right. He says that the email well, came in at 8. And the next yeah. morning, it was the for next example. day he went to the yeah. thing. Yeah, correct. And that's he what I knew mean. he had an exposure trial. I think that's right. If you know you were potentially But what exposed, if his team didn't say anything? So he's like, oh, must have been well, fine that's, then. That's possible. That, that is possible. And as yeah, a matter of fact, okay. which bleeds into the other issue with Novak Djokovic is he is now admitting that the visa papers that he submitted to Australia were falsified. Um, he says, well, no, no, he's actually saying they checked the wrong box. They, he right. says it was a team member who inadvertently checked the wrong box, saying he had not traveled within the two-week period prior to the Open, when in fact that was just false. He said, not my fault. One of my team members did that, and it was inadvertent at that. So he really is necessarily casting a lot of blame towards his team members. And here's the huge problem for Novak Djokovic, just if you take a step back. He has shown a disregard for concern over COVID. This has been his uh, sort of MO throughout this ordeal, so he's earned zero benefit of the doubt. That's the problem with Novak Djokovic. If this had happened with someone who has, you know, socially distanced and said all the right things and been, you know, you know, a different manner throughout the pandemic, we'd have a different feeling, wouldn't we? I think so. Yeah. And now the Australian Open is set to begin, I believe, on Sunday or He's Monday? the number one seed. Number now one the question seed. is, what are they going to do? What are I mean, they going to do? Yeah. I mean, even though he's allowed to be in the country, it doesn't mean he's necessarily allowed to play. And they're going to make a decision my gut is they're going to let him play. I think yeah. so, too. I think it's hard not to. Look, what he did in, in, in Serbia with the kids, that's irrelevant to Australia's decision. What he did with the with the forms that he had filled out to come into the country, that is relevant. But lots of people make mistakes in those forms. I disagree right? with you guys. I think he won't play. I think it's bigger what? than tennis, and I think Australia will send a message. On because, what? But they have to have legal on, authority for well, not Well, on the grounds that he he lied on the form, he he, he, bro- he broke the quarantine when he knew he had it. I think there are grounds. Well, yeah, but, breaking the, not- but breaking the quarantine doesn't have anything to do with Australia. What I mean, you, what, yes. you're, what you're trying to do is paint him as a bad guy, and they're going to say, we don't want a bad guy to be in playing in the in the open. I don't think that's their standard for deciding who plays and who doesn't. I just don't. And, and I think that if they were to try to do it based on a, 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 an inadvertent checkbox on a on a form, they, that wouldn't be consistent with their policies in the past. I'm sure they allow people to correct those forms when they make mistakes on them all the time. The I, prime minister's looking for an excuse. I, to that I agree. With. The that prime minister so wants to cancel. How happy is Kim Kardashian that Kanye West is dating Julia Fox? <laughs> so happy, I'm sure. <laughs> I think she's delighted. Delighted. Yeah. Delighted. I mean, we broke this story yesterday that we've been. She is so happy, and she said, you know, she's happy that he's happy, and I believe that. By the way, well, yeah, because Kim has moved on too. We've seen her and Pete Davidson like get pretty serious over the past month. But we also had reported that Julia Fox, she was on a podcast and had talked about how she was a huge Keeping Up with the Kardashians fan. She's watched the show since 2007, um, and so a lot of people were like, "Wow, that's." a little creepy that she's this like super fan and now she's dating Kanye, but we're being told that Kim's actually cool with that. She'd rather Kanye be dating a fan rather than someone that's like a total hater. I don't think Kanye is that discriminating. 
I think Kanye is, or rather Kim is that discriminating. I think she is happy that he's dating somebody. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't matter who body, it <laughs> matters somebody. And the reason is she wants out of the marriage. She has not only filed for divorce, she has asked to accelerate the decision to restore her single status and leave the property issues for later. That's how much she wants to end the marriage. But she also knows she needs to co-parent with him. They have four kids. She doesn't want to trigger him. She knows it's dicey because she has a boyfriend now. And the idea that he's moved on gives her a clear path. 100%. When there's asymmetry, when one has moved on but the other hasn't, that's the friction. When both have moved yeah. on, you can co-parent peacefully and, and move forward. And Kanye is a lot. I mean, he is just a lot. The fact he does, he sings these songs to her from the stage and she attends all the events and has to dress in the full body stocking. He's going to Russia now thing. to meet with oh, yeah. Putin. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's you got a happy crazy. Kanye. Right. Right. You want a happy Kanye, Kanye who's right. not fixated on you Correct. and he's got something else. And look, I don't think this is unique to Kanye and Kim in any relationship where it is fractured. It's nice when the people move on and are not fixated on one another. The question right? is, will Julia Fox survive the like you know, spotlight of Kanye's uh, love and adoration because it's a lot for I think she's here for, for the moment, but we'll she's see. like living that, up. I think she knows that's that too. That's okay. We all yeah. want our 15 minutes and she's got it right now and she's going to maximize it and probably get a little bit more of a shine on her star because of it. So good for her. Is yep. there anybody thinking that, by the way, that maybe Kim and Pete are a little more serious than we initially thought? Well, it makes, so. it makes me wonder because Harvey, you said that she's like fast tracking this divorce, but like why? What What would be the motive other than you're looking to really take serious legal steps with someone new, right? I, 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 no, I can, I, you know, I, I hear you, and I think that is the case a lot. I don't think it's the case here because, you know, she, my information is that she wanted this divorce before she filed, and she had gone back and forth a little bit, but it needed to be timed to where Kanye was okay. And it is dicey when you've got somebody who has the ups and downs that he has. Yeah. And so, you know, when she sees a clear path, she takes it. And I don't think it has necessarily to do with anybody she might be dating. I mean, I don't think Kim Kardashian is thinking of, you know, marrying anybody because, look, he hasn't even met the kids. So, uh, I, I think Davidson. Yeah, well, reports he has, Harvey. I hear he hasn't. And, that's, and I don't, that's what I that's what I'm hearing. This seems he like is a, not he has not met the kids. And and I don't think I mean, look. She's not talking about marrying this guy. I thought that for a while. And then I said, you know, what relationship looks a little bit like this? And you know which one does? That ended in a marriage and a pretty long marriage. Gwen and Blake? No, Ash, uh, Ashton Kutcher and Demi oh. Moore. Oh, they yeah, were also point, had a point. huge age separation. She had a full family from well, no, Bruce no, Willis. No, that can happen. All and I'm and they had a healthy marriage. I mean, they divorced eventually. Kim, Kim, right. Kim is not going to jump into a marriage when. A Did new, you think Demi Moore would? Uh, it, no. This is I if think, Pete I, Davidson. No, honestly, what's the difference between those two? If they're kind of like similar, no, no. May no. December I'm sorry. No. If his no. come up goes from SNL sort of third third thought to married a, to Kim Kardashian billionaire, I, I can't. My brain. Cannot. But by the way, Ashton Kutcher go from the punked guy. to No, the but he was in one of the He was in stars. No, 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 no. But that could happen. Ashton was a huge movie star by the time to me. But you guys look look at Pete Davidson's track record when he when he broke up with Cassie David. He quickly got engaged to Ariana Grande. Who, who I mean, was obviously that up. didn't work out, but like he, he is looking for something serious. Uh, Ariana huge. Grande was 21 years old. Right. Kim Kardashian's 40. She's had life experience. She's had three marriages. She has four kids. She's in the middle of a tricky divorce. 
She's not thinking. I'm not of sure getting, which way that cuts. I don't no, know. No, she no, right. either. no, no, no. Right. She is not thinking of getting married right now. I, I, I don't know. I, now. I, I, I neither was Demi Moore. Then she. <laughs> she is not thinking of getting married. Okay, let's end with this because I just find this so outrageous. Just real quick. So Jay Z is trying to help this guy, who is in prison for selling for with the intent to distribute marijuana. He got what a. Uh, a 20 year sentence. Let's be right. fair. A lot of marijuana. A okay. ton. Yeah. Like truckloads. Okay. Right? I got dime bags in Central Park. I got it. <laughs> okay. And, no. and he had a felony criminal record at the time. Had a burglar on his record, but go on. But go on. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, okay. yeah, we should lay it out. And that was then. And he got a 20 year sentence. And whether you think it was right or wrong, I think it's wrong. But even if you think it's right, the times have changed. Jay Z has hired Alex Sparrow, um, an attorney to go into court and to argue this guy should get some kind of a compassionate release. And the reason Jay-Z has done that is because this guy applied for the compassionate release with the prison system, the federal prison system, and they came back and they didn't say, well, no, this crime is so serious. They didn't say, oh, it was so much marijuana he was trying to sell. What they said was, he's a bad prisoner. Well, why is he a bad prisoner? Two reasons. One, he used personal clothing to create exercise equipment so he could um, exercise his biceps and triceps. And secondly, he stole a piece of chicken and took it into his cell. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's pretty thin stuff. But is it in addition to the fact that this crime's really, really bad, they, or that's the only reason? That's what they said. That's ridiculous. No, it, that's ridiculous. A, they're painting an entire picture. Look, you have to be eligible for compassionate release. It's a big deal to get right. released from your sentence because you're overturning, essentially, the justice and system. Chicken, and you're saying, let me out. And chicken is a non-starter, right? <laughs> is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, it, is that what you're saying? It's bizarre. It's bizarre. It's Look, ridiculous. this is the government stepping on rakes. I mean, they're, I, they're laying out what his infractions are, and they're really not that serious. I thought it was interesting that he actually had reached out to Jay-Z and kind of said, like, you know, you are somebody I look to as someone that did have, like, kind of a tainted past. You know, Jay-Z was a drug dealer back in the day. And like, look how far he's come. And he kind of said, like, I look up to you as like somebody that gives me hope of what I could become. And that actually worked with Jay-Z. I mean, when sure. he like went through and like combed through this guy's case and everything he's been through, like he actually stepped up and is trying to make a difference in this guy's life. And Jay-Z is also saying, look, you know, there are people making a billion dollars now off of selling marijuana. So at a point, you've got to revisit this thing. It's not the way it, you looked at it you know, 15 years ago. It's just not. And he's right. I, I can't even fathom a ton, literally 2,000 pounds of marijuana. An I, elephant-sized truck of with marijuana. With it packed in. I mean, you know, marijuana in. weighs as much as grass. I got I, it. That guys, that's a lot so of weed. so stinky. It <laughs> <laughs> must have been a stinky truck. Okay. And, and that he transported across state lines for the purpose of distributing. I am not. Harvey, uh, could you imagine smoking an yeah. elephant? <laughs> like an elephant's <laughs> worth of weed? So oh, my questions. God. Derek, okay. I'm a, I want to I leave. I want to leave all three of you guys. With this question, answer this question. Oh God, what I'm out. No, 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 no. I want you to answer it. What is more dangerous to society? Somebody with a U-Haul truck full of marijuana that they sell and distribute around the country or someone with a U-Haul truck of um, vodka that they um, sell and distribute around the country? What does more damage ultimately? 
First of all, I thought it was in an elephant. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Secondly, take it first, Jason. alcohol is certainly more dangerous. It's not even close. Not the, even the, close. But the, one's legal, one's not. Well, well but that's well, just because that's what the laws decide. But, but, it's not right. because they're and by the way, it's legal. It's legal in like in California. It's legal. It's legal in a lot not of states. Not truckloads, Harvey. Still uh, no, to but, this day. Well, but I'm saying truckloads of alcohol will do more damage to this society than a truckload of marijuana. So you're saying The Rock and George Clooney are worse people than Balon Bales? No, I'm saying that this whole. <laughs> Get marijuana it, thing is ridiculous. That's okay. what I'm saying. It was still an elephant. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> an elephant made of weed just yeah. walking through the city. Okay, we will A see you Friday, folks. See you. <laughs>